0: it going? You you walked in at a good time. We got a Reyes rising. Thanks for being here.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here.
0: We're going to have a good talk. Uh, Reyes just released Vices, um, and Infer- Dante's Inferno-themed nine-track record. Yeah. Um, and then you've also got Reconciling Religious Trauma, which is a nine-part series that you're in the middle of releasing right now.
1: Yes, we just completed week five.
0: That's... Um, Really good work you guys are doing. Thank you. It's important stuff to talk about. It can be kind of uncomfortable for people and they kind of bottle it up, I think. So Hat letting people know that it's okay to talk about that kind of stuff, I think is really important. So me too.
1: I think that in our community, especially as musicians, we have a duty to obviously be relatable to people, you know, and I think that sometimes that relatability comes from bringing up the uncomfortable topics and but again letting people know that like we're welcoming you to you know to interject and to you know to let you know that we're just like you we're just people we're just doing the same thing we're not just these crazy artists that are you know trying to scream into the void of nothing and talk about things that you know don't matter i i write about things that are very personal to me so i try my best to then hopefully frame it in a way that other people can understand and relate and Hopefully heal. You know, that's what I think the whole point of both the album and the post series that I'm now releasing on YouTube is to reconcile. It is to heal. It is to hopefully move on and get stronger and get better and come to terms with what you believe in or what you don't believe in, honestly.
0: It's a beautiful thing. Um, You have a show coming up at the basement June 23rd with Jack Jack the Underdog. Yep.
1: So that's my next big like Nashville show. I'm a big advocate for the LGBT community. I'm bi myself. And I really love the drag community as well. So when all the things kind of went down in Tennessee, uh, in the anti-drag bill, it really hit close to home with a lot of my friends that are local drag queens. And so me and my friend Jack, we wanted to throw a you know drag-friendly Pride showcase. And so we're going to do that on June 23rd, the night before Nashville Pride here.
0: That is another amazing thing. You're doing a lot of good work. That's awesome. Thank you. It's, um, you're, you're very talented. I've seen you perform before Thank you. and, um, you're doing things that are good for the community. Um, I'm also by gender myself. I present female as well sometimes. Yeah. Um, so I, that, I guess that, uh, personally I appreciate that. So thank you.
1: Oh, absolutely. Also then would you prefer me, what pronouns would you prefer me use?
0: So, um, when I'm presenting male, I guess I prefer male pronouns, mm-hmm. and then female, I prefer female pronouns. Fabulous. Thank you.
1: Okay. So, that's... And yeah, what, what about you? I, I'm she, her, hers. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. I mean, also, I, but also, like, gender, and this is something that I feel like people don't realize, is that it really is a spectrum, mm. you know? So, I also, I identify as female, but I wear basketball shorts and, you know, flops, and sometimes, you know, in a muscle tee, and I'm not, like, and if you were like, they, I'm not, yeah, that's how I'm presenting. I, I feel like it, it kind of comes in waves. I can be hyper feminine, but look at me right now. I'm not at all. You know, I'm just very just neutral sometimes, too. So, actually, it more comes from my place I just don't want to get ready visually for things it takes a lot of work okay I got the nails and the eyelashes and the hair and the sparkles that takes hours and money so sometimes I'm just like we're we are going so setting the bar very low we're not shaving the legs today I'm so sorry everybody who wants to comment on it they can I don't care (laughs) but no thank you for saying that it's it's very important to me, once I, I realized I was by after I went to the religious school that I went to, which I'm sure we will get into because it's so, you know, prominent in my vices journey, mm-hmm. but I realized I was by because I took so much personal offense to the attack on mm-hmm. the LGBT community that came from this school and from the church. And I knew a lot of great people, like my best friend, who I moved to Nashville with, who is one of the local queens now, um, they... Moved with me here, and I, I, they were so, like they were just such a good friend to me that I was upset. I thought on behalf of them, but then the more that I started hearing all this, I would go home and I cry and I'd be like, why, you know, why, why, why? And I was like, wow, I think this is because this is always something I've hmm. taken with me, and I've never, I grew up in the church and I never really got the chance to explore or acknowledge that part of me. It was always same sex attraction is. Is the sin, you know, or, or you know, or, or isn't a sin, but then giving into it and being, you know, gay mm-hmm. or a lesbian is the sin, you know, which is always just so. We're just splitting hairs at that point, and I'm yeah. just like, what are we actually talking about? Um, but re- regardless of all that, it's been a hundred percent part of my mission is to uplift women and then to uplift people in the LGBT community. And any way that I can do that, it's Pride season, so let's go, you know, let's, let's go. get gay. That's what I'm saying. So that's definitely I I'm ha- thank you for uh, validating me and sure. encouraging me on that because sometimes I'm just like oh my god what am I doing the show is now so like so much to plan and all this <laughs> stuff and it's overwhelming but it's worth it it's so worth it and I I really just want to help in the most genuine authentic way I feel like I was put on this earth and I was you know I, I'm here for a reason I do still believe that even though that's kind of a religious trope I definitely still believe it because I, I hope that I can do good, and I think that I was given the gift of music, hopefully, to use it for helping other
0: people. Do you have anything um, coming up in Chicago you want to promote?
1: I do. So I'm actually playing two shows. One's in the suburbs. It's at a cool theater. Um, it's called the Fox River's Edge Theater. That's May, Friday, May 26th. And then Saturday, May 27th, I'm downtown and playing at Golden Dagger, which is a super cool downtown venue, and I'm really stoked about that show. Bull shows, I'm playing with The Vultures, which are, they're such a sick band, like alt-rock band from Chicago, that I'm very close with all their members. I'm dating their lead singer, and he's sick. He just moved to Nashville. And then all the other boys, though, are really cool, and they've got some awesome music. And then The King's Rising and Isabella Snow, I think, are the other two acts for those two days. But all of them are awesome artists and they're going to be two
0: pretty lit shows. Nice. Um, growing up, what, what denomination was it in the the church? Okay.
1: Yeah. Let's jump right into it. So (laughs) I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago. It's where I'm from. And I went to this Baptist Academy from probably like pre-K you know, four years old until...
0: So school and religion are tied together. Yes,
1: are very tied together. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I went to that church and went to that school. It was called Market Manor Baptist Academy from pre-K through sixth grade. So four to about 12. Um, I was... The main things that stand out in my mind there, obviously, are a couple things. One was that was dress code. Dress code was insane. And it was... It wasn't like you had to wear a uniform... Because that's that's more like a very like Catholic school thing to do I feel, but we had to like women had to wear skirts that were below their knees, and like thing and and then, um like a short sleeve shirt that came down a certain amount of inches past your shoulder. So, you basically were Amish, you know. And <laughs> what I and I was just sort of like what? And I immediately from the only thing I ever really got in trouble for in school was dress code. Like I would have one slit that was more than two inches or whatever, so I would immediately get they call it a blue slip or you Ooh. know, it was like the kids version of of detention. Wow. Or like even to kindergartners, they would like I remember this one, you know, the the like small kid punishment system where it's like remove a crayon from your crayon box and it's this little like sticky thing on the wall. So I'd have to, like, remove a banana from my monkey or something, you know, <laughs> <laughs> because I, I would break dress code. Like, I was just a little sparkly little mm-hmm. unicorn kid that just wanted to frolic around and wear whatever and just glitterify the whole world. And I remember I had this, like, butterfly shirt that had a tank and a shirt, and there was a small, it was maybe an inch of separation between tank top and shirt, and they, and they got me, and I got in trouble for that. So immediately, like, this, and this is going to obviously hugely play into that, my role as a musician and, you know, yeah, as a feminist yeah. and me as a stage performer. But then, so that was A. B, they were extremely biblical to the max. Like, it wasn't charismatic, it was scriptural. They still believe that, like, guitars and drums were sins. Like, it was hymnals. Whoa. Only, Whoa. Yes, like, sacred Dang. music. Only, you know. Mm. And then, and everyone sort of was, like, on board. It was very almost culty at times.
0: Oh, yeah. Sounds like it. Very
1: drinking of the Kool-Aid, because this is still... I was born in 98, so, like, this is 2002, 2003 that I'm starting school. Like, this is the 2000s, the 21st century, and we're telling, like, women that they, like, can't wear a skirt unless it's below their knees. Like, absolutely insane. So then the third thing was that Once you got to sixth grade, which is then why I left, even my parents were like, okay, this is wild. Um, You had to sign an oath that said that you couldn't, women obviously had to then dress a certain way, not just at school and at church, but also outside of church, you know, and outside of the home. You couldn't listen to rock music. You couldn't listen to any of these things. You couldn't go to the movies. Jeez, man. Yes. It was all of these different things. (laughs) Oh, wow. And, okay, am I allowed to swear on this podcast?
0: Absolutely
2: fucking not. <laughs>
1: okay. No, go ahead. Okay. Okay. I just was wondering if something slips out at some point. I'm, I'm not gonna get like you.
2: bleeped or like. No, you're good. You're that. good. I'm. I'm way too lazy to go through this yeah, thing. That's, that's true. Bleep and stuff out. That's
1: true. <laughs> I noticed it had an e when I looked it up, and I was like a little explicit like square on the thing but when i looked it up on apple podcast but i was just i was just double checking i didn't know how fucking family friendly i had to be but
2: whatever oh oh it's family friendly
1: (laughs) anyways so i that was the oath that you had to sign going into the seventh grade like hey you are a minor what do you even know about whatever? You can't even go anywhere mm. unless your parents, A, say that it's cool, you know, yeah. or your guardian or whoever's taking, like, care of you. So that should be enough. B, what? Like, this is, again, the 21st century and we're not going to go to the movies? Like, yeah. maybe maybe not now, like, COVID and all that stuff just killed that. But still, regardless, it's like, seriously? So even my dad, who was the conservative Christian, um, one in the family at the time, uh, he was like, "All right, that's too much." Even I'm, mm. you know, I, my favorite band Steely Dan. We're not going to stop listening yeah. to that. <laughs> and he really respected that. Even as a 12 year old or whatever, I was like, "Well, I don't want to sign it and then break it," mm. you know, because I like, right. that's not yeah. my word. And and he was yeah. like, "That's a great reason. We're gonna you can move to public school." So. Then I moved to public school, and that was fine. You know, it's just normal high school, basically experience in m- middle America suburbia. Hmm. So it's fine. And then eventually, kind of going into um, then college, I I still went to church. It was then non-denominational. So I went. Sorry, high school was non-denominational church. In elementary school and like into that sixth grade was Baptist. The high
0: school wasn't tied with really.
1: It wasn't tied with religion. So
2: it sounded like Baptist as you're describing it.
1: No, yeah. sorry. So the school that I went to originally that I was talking to you was a Baptist, Baptist academy. Yeah. It was Market Manor Baptist Academy. I will call them out to the day that I die. I do not care. <laughs> so they were Baptist denomination affiliated. Now, when I went to high school, I was going to public school.
0: But and, and a non-denominational church. Church. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. I should
1: be more clear. I no, talk very good. fast and blow through a lot of topics. Anyways, so then, going into college, I chose to go, with urging from my parental unit, to go to a Christian college. So, starting with your question of what denomination was it, do you have any follow-up questions or commentary or anything on it, so that before we move on to more questions or more topics?
0: (laughs) You're good at this. Yeah. Um what what is uh the baptist doctrine what can you break that down so i think like i, I kind of real quick,
2: quick I ca- where was this in particular, state city
1: it was in illinois it was in downers grove illinois yeah. so probably
2: because baptist and what is called southern baptist here there is a difference but they're very much on the same, on the same. and we also have down here what's called church of christ Yes. Which are very much like that in the sense that they're very wacky about don't do this and don't dance and don't all, you know. Exactly.
1: Um, I would say Church of Christ Christ is is very similar. I actually have a really, really close friend that's local to here that has kind of told me all Mm. of her horror stories on Church of Christ. (laughs) Um, But I think that it's slightly more laxed, I guess, than the Mm. Southern Baptist Doctrine, but it is truly a... A rule set of, they even I feel like live sometimes in the Old Testament world. So I, you know,
0: do they believe in hell?
1: Oh, strongly, okay. they are fire and brimstone. Are they you know.
0: strictly uh, King James version of the Bible, or do they use, what, what version of the Bible?
1: Primarily, yes, okay. I would say KJV and NKJV were probably the um, were probably the two primary okay. Okay. translations. Did they,
0: did so not exclusive, but
2: that's primarily what yes. you learned out they of. They call it being saved.
1: Baptism is different than being
2: saved. All right, because I was raised Catholic here, Mm -hmm. which at the time, all those years ago, was not predominant the way it is now, but, you know, and I go into public elementary schools talking to other kids that were Baptist Church of Christ, they would ask me, are you saved? And I didn't know what the hell they were talking about. I'm like, I've been baptized. And the minute they found out I wasn't, oh, you're going to burn in hell. Right. (laughs) And this is, you know, I'm in elementary school, and I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about, kid? Right.
1: Oh, my God. So that's like, okay, that's a whole nother hell and all this stuff. My mama
2: says, if you're not saved, you're going to go to hell. Yes. That's exactly what you'd hear.
1: being baptized is, in the Baptist, you know, denomination or whatever, is like the rite of passage after you get saved. So you get saved, and then a public basically display of your salvation, of your commitment to God or into the church and the community and all this stuff is then getting baptized. But the key here in Baptist doctrine is that it's by submersion. So it's where you know your pastor dips you and you rise again, symbolizing the death and resurrection of Jesus
0: and all that stuff. Jehovah's Witnesses are the same way,
1: right? Okay, bring you into the
2: river, right? Catholics, do it, it before, <laughs> Catholics do it when you're a baby. They walk you over there and the, the priest basically dumps holy water over your head. Right, they sprinkle it, in.
1: exactly. Like, ah, you know. <laughs> and that's the thing about then the Catholic religion, too, is that they believe that they're synonymous. Like, you get baptized or you get Chris and you're christening when you're a little tiny baby, that is what is protecting you
0: from hell. Right. You know? So getting saved. What is that? A, um, is that something you do in prayer?
1: Yes. It's okay. That's witnesses too. That's exactly. Interesting. So in prayer, exactly. You, you know, say your little, you have this moment of just revelation where you're like, wow, I am a sinner. I need forgiveness for my sins. Jesus is the only way. And so I'm going to ask Jesus to save me now. You know, Mm -hmm. so I
0: and then submersion by baptism or baptism by submersion is a symbol of that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm
2: -hmm. Okay. so I grew
0: up the same way in that regard. It's odd
2: because in Catholicism, after the fact, when you make communion, when you're around an adolescent, 14 or so, you make communion. Mm -hmm. And that's very similar. You go and you speak to the priest and basically accept because at that moment, because when you're a baby and you're baptized, it's basically an anointing. Mm-hmm. So therefore, you don't have to knowledgeably be know what's going on. You're being anointed by the church, right? By your parents to protect you, if if you will. Mm. When you begin to be old enough to sin or understand sin, you must talk to the priest and make communion. Communion right. allows you to go eat the body and blood.
1: And that's when you're in like again this like middle school age, where then you do confirmation, right? right. Hmm. Okay.
2: Confirmation is after that, but communion is when you go take the body and the blood.
1: Right. So you're not allowed to
2: do that until you've um, made confirmation.
1: Right. Similarly, in that um, Baptists also do communion, but they don't do it weekly like they do it in you know Mm -hmm. Catholic churches. They usually do it monthly. That's where or or every other every couple weeks and stuff like that. Um, because, but it's the, still the same thing. It's still the body and the blood. It's still symbolism. And they are, they say like very explicitly each week at the service, like if you are not saved yet, do not do this. You know, yeah.
2: like, do they use grape juice or they actually use wine?
1: Oh, they are not Catholic. They use grape juice because drinking is a sin.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So
0: they don't, they don't drink like hard stop, like no drinking, No
1: drinking, hard stop. Yes. Wow. To be drunk is therefore, or er,
2: uh, therein is excess, but be filled with the spirit. Catholicism, the reason, um, and wine has always been a huge thing in religion because of the monks. That's how they used to make their money. Yes. <laughs> totally, and like all really, the monasteries and stuff. Literally what they did to make their money is where they made wine, and it was always the best wine. That's, you know. <laughs> of they course. Had nothing else to do but make wine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you get pretty good at it at that point. So, but the funny thing is, is especially in the South and, you know, states like this where, you, you can't. You have dry laws that you have to stop selling alcohol at a certain time, and on Sundays you can't begin again until noon.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Unless you're Catholic, you can go get a drink. Oh, You just taking the communion. Yeah, yeah. And I was what a- always called kind of the, the the joke, and they're like, "But it's not wine; it's been converted to the blood." Like,
0: so, um, do they are are. Um, Baptists, uh, creationists in the sense like seven days. God seven days, earth. yep, Okay,
1: absolutely. Is that how it also was with Jehovah's Witness?
0: They act like they're not creationists. Like, oh, it's not a literal seven days. Uh, it's that's a that's a figure of speech because what one day in God's God's time is like a thousand years in our time. But they're creationists. They think we yeah. came from two people, um, which I mean, <laughs> yeah. and uh, they they don't think that the Earth is five thousand years old. Okay,
1: so Baptists absolutely do. They're they do. like, there's is no way is that is it more than eight thousand years old? Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. There, you know, there was okay. a a worldwide flood. God made the world in seven days. They are a literal interpretation of the Bible. When the Bible wow. says thy word is truth, they are like, this is then true.
2: That's that's why I believe they don't dance because there is a one verse in there that says something about. Actually, what I think it is, is there's one, I don't know if it's Baptists or Church of Christ, that don't sing. They won't sing in church.
1: We did sing in church.
2: Because it is said that the word is spoken. And it doesn't ever say don't sing, but because it doesn't tell you to sing the word, and it only tells you to speak the word, they don't believe in any church music. I
1: think that that's Church of Christ. I think because, that is. Because we did sing, and I mean, there's tons of verses and psalms where, yeah. you know, David...
2: Southern Baptists definitely to... do sing, oh, because yeah. that's the southern church that yeah. people
0: know colloquially.
3: Mhm.
0: Um so when when did you get into music? Was that during school or was that after you left uh, the Baptist school?
1: So actually it wasn't. I the one good thing that I think this Baptist school did do is that it was it was a private school so they can make their own rules and do their thing. So when they really did encourage playing an instrument. And so my teachers, even in pre-K, were like, is she starting piano? And my parents wanted me to start piano at that time too. So they were like, well, we do piano lessons here at the school. We have piano teachers, so we will just take you out of class for your half hour or whatever or during, you know, this break or this, you know, recess or PE and you can take your piano lesson." So I did, and I played piano since I was four. And it was great, honestly, because I learned so much and it was, I learned how to read music. And so it did start early. I started when I was very young.
0: That That's awesome. It paid off for sure. It,
1: oh, thank you. Absolutely. They would probably be rolling over in their pews to know what you know, what, you're what, doing now? what I'm yeah. doing now, you know, <laughs> taking, taking my, my, my titties out on stage. They would not be happy to see that. But anyways, the, the cool thing is, is that I can thank them. For that and they incentivized playing music, so we did all these like fun competitions at the end of the year with the other Christian schools in the area. And we all competed for you know, first, second, blue ribbon, red ribbon, whatever place. With like there was a concerto competition with piano, like all this stuff. So it definitely want, made you want to be really good at the instrument. Now, I sang in church, obviously, and in, like all the school choirs where they really made us do like Christmas pageants and stuff like that, and Easter pageants. But it was still fun. It was still a great introduction to music and I'm really grateful for that, you know, from when I was younger. But I didn't write my first song until probably my freshman year of high school mm. is when I started like writing music. You I said guess.
0: you said your writing comes from a very personal place. What what was like your first song about?
1: Oh, um actually oh 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 oh. It was about my parents' divorce.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. And it was a really oddly um I guess insightful song for a fourteen-year-old to write. Yeah, I remember you know playing it for them and them being like, oh, "Wow, I didn't know you noticed as much as you did about us," you know, and arguments or fights or circumstances or our relationship. And I so don't really. Sorry, yeah. I didn't
0: mean to cut you off. No, so your good. parents were together up until age like fourteen-ish, and then yes. they split. Okay. They
1: started. They like started the divorce process at like the end of fifth grade, and it was finalized at like the beginning of eighth grade. So gotcha. when I was like thirteen, they they. Stop. They were officially. Uh, were they forced. both
0: Baptist? Uh, Baptist before that?
1: My dad was, and he has a lot of family that are also in the church. They are in the Southern Baptist Church. Um, so they, I have cousins all throughout Texas that were that are were, and then some are pastors, mm. um, and then other you know higher ups in various churches or pastors' wives and all this stuff, and they all go to Christian school and they all work very closely with the Christian community and honestly. Not super close with them anymore. Hmm. Not in any sort of like, oh, we hate you sort of. You are, you know, deviating from the past sort of way. Just more of like a kind of a lost touch as I, yeah. you know, yeah. kind of grew up and did my. I've own I've got cousins and
0: like that too. Yeah,
1: it's not like there's really no bad blood at least that I know of, with them. But I, I think like that was sort of my dad's upbringing then. His uncle um, was a pastor and it was really influential in his life. And he was a Baptist pastor in the south. You know. Lived all across in Oklahoma for a long time, a little bit in Illinois for a while, but then moved to Texas uh, when my dad was an adult, and we visited them in Texas, so there was a close connection with the Southern Baptist Church as well in the family. Gotcha. But my mom, not, almost not at all. You know, she believes in God, and I think, like, officially she's Catholic, but very... Not a very religious person. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Earlier, uh, before we started, you were talking about how you still believe in a higher power, and I very much agree with that. I'm um, Same on that. Yeah. Uh, what does that, like, what does that mean to you?
1: Okay, so are you ready to go down the I'm rabbit hole?
0: so ready to go down the rabbit hole. Okay.
1: So, I... Perfect. After <laughs> I, um, after I was, like, starting to gear up to release this album and i was like okay it's almost done all these things i wrote i um i had this song that i was supposed to put on the record that i had written with another person and anyways there was a falling out about the song and she said some i think very derogatory things to me maybe not she didn't say derogatory language but basically said i don't want to be part of this song because you're going to be held accountable for your actions one day and I don't want any part of that because God doesn't want you know you are basically directly going against what God Mm. wants I know that and I don't want to be part of this Mm. or be held accountable for what you're doing and then now what I am supporting in your music and your performance and all these things and I was just like okay peace you know (laughs) so I have not talked to her since I have not reached out I have I think about every day wanting to send her this song. So I rewrote the song. Obviously, it's the last song. It's the final hurrah on Vices. It's called Quiet Love. It's a definitely a direct kind of F you to mm-hmm. that situation. And it is spiteful. You know, maybe at first that was my initial feeling of why I wanted to write this. But the song promotes redemption, I think, at the end. So where I'm going with this. I When she told me basically, like, God would not approve, you will be held accountable for this one day. That was, I was an adult. This was less than a year ago. Mm. And I went into like a full mental spiral, like full mm. existential crisis, mm. you know, of like, all right, fine. Okay, God, if you're there, I, I want I want to know. So I went to McKay's bookstore in Nashville, you know, you know, where mm. McKay's is like mm-hmm. the giant warehouse of all those books. Yeah, And I bought... Christian apologetics books, I bought atheist literature, I bought, you know, the Dawkins God Delusion, and I was just Right, and I was just reading and I was like, look, I just need to know or at least need to find my answer to, are you real? Is there, you know, a religion that can fulfill all of this and yada yada yada. And what I came to at the end of the day as I read both, you know, agnostic or atheist or Christian literature, I kind of came to the conclusion for myself that at least i felt better and i could sleep at night believing in god hmm. you know and so regardless of whether or not it's real regardless of what it looks like regardless if i'm you know you know if i'm just an ant here on a planet with no greater purpose and i'm wandering around until one day worms eat me cool but that wasn't going to help me feel better i want to feel like i have a purpose. And I want to feel like there is an afterlife, and I want to believe in something. Yeah. And it came from my want for that, mm-hmm. not because it needs to be real, but or it, or I have to prove that it's real or something. But because faith does help me personally, yeah. you know. And these are
0: these are um, really big questions that people have been wondering for as long as there's been people. Mm-hmm. I think that's where you know, like all these different religions come from, is the there's something about people that, uh, it's an uncomfortable thing dealing with the, the void of reality and like the unknown. Like, yeah. and, um, I guess, um, no one knows the answers to these questions, but you've, you've done a lot of research at this point. Does anything make more sense to you than another is in terms of like, um, like what happens after we die?
1: Yes. Um, again, it comes, there's no outside of maybe near death experiences,
0: yeah, no one knows. No one
1: really knows. Yeah. Also, your brain releases, you know, a chemical to help for you mm-hmm. to hallucinate, anyways.
0: I was gonna say, yeah, even like, people who have near death experiences and have those out of body experiences, I'm not discrediting like that at all. They're basically tripping
1: on DMT, though. Yeah, you know, like yeah. it's it's. I don't want to discredit it, also, because like you know, psychedelics. So many people
0: also. I've had some very profound DMT trips that have really solidified how I look at uh, reality.
1: Right. And and, and I, I don't
0: discredit that at all, but it's also I'm uh, I don't know.
1: But we don't know. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And I exactly, I was like so many people and, you know, testimonial reviews on psychedelics of across the board have been eye-opening and not closing, you know. Yeah. So, mm. I don't think that I like you said, I'm not going to discredit it. And it's really cool. I would love to hear about one of those. That oh, sure. Awesome. Yeah. Anytime. But I think research, I'm, I've always been a logical person. And I've always mm. been a thinker. So I, I, I never like afterlife aside, wh- regardless of what happens when we die, I'm not so concerned about that. Because I think it's all interpretation hell didn't even come up until like the year 400 or something like hell was not it was originally the original text is like a fire that's my know?
0: favorite answer to the question what happens after we die it doesn't matter it doesn't that's matter My favorite answer because
1: we're dead you know yeah. like it's mm-hmm. over so what are we gonna know if there is something and i hope to god there is because it helped like it makes me more excited about something yeah
0: it, this this kind of be sad if it was this final I right like. exactly yeah. so
1: why not i'm gonna believe that there's a something afterwards But for now, like the most logical thing that through my research that I think helps me justify the idea of God is that it's not a personal God. To me, this is separates deism and theism. Mm. Okay. So when you're a theist, you believe that there is a you know, a being in the sky or wherever in the ether. that is personally meddling or, you know, or changes the course of things on a whenever they want basis hmm. to, you know, for justice, for mercy, or for wrath, or for, for whatever reason, because that is perfect. Unfortunately, what that doesn't do is it doesn't um, it doesn't take away the best argument or one of the only arguments I feel like that atheists love to throw at, you know, theists of well what about suffering? Because if there is a personal God that's equally merciful and just and people are suffering, then it's a washed argument. Then how can they be merciful? How can they actually be just? Yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. Whatever. So I don't think that God or the higher power or whatever can be a theist God. I -hmm. think it has to be a deist God, which means an indomitable force. Just the, you know, it is truly, it's not a person. It is not a, you know, a... A, a a thinking, li- like, thing constantly. It just is. That's really know?
0: interesting. That's very, um... Very similar to Lovecraft. <laughs> uh, I was, was going to say, it's,
2: creation.
0: Yeah. It's, it's a lot like ancient Judaism. So, well, the Tetragrammaton...
1: I am also a Messianic Jew. Oh, okay. I am, yes. So, I'm happy you brought that up. My last name is Goldstein. So, I'm like the <laughs> Jewiest Jew name, you
0: know? <laughs> like, anyways, <laughs> go ahead. I was just going to say, um... Christianity um, people have only taken scripture, particularly the Old Testament people have only taken that literally for about 500 years Mm -hmm. Um, ancient Jews understood these things to be metaphor Um, correct Yeah, and um, like the tetragrammaton the name of God, Yahweh, Jehovah whatever you want to call it uh, the Hebrew letters for it are uh, earth, water air and fire Mm. if you add the letter for spirit, it becomes Yeshua or Jesus.
1: Oh so, that's but that's beautiful.
0: Right. So it really is just an explanation of of how things work. It's not and we a man also in, have the
2: entire Torah was written in this coded mathematical language.
0: Yeah. Yes. So you know so like the examples in the Torah where there is a man in the clouds, like um, Job is usually one I point to. Um Job, he's having a conversation with Hasatan about Job, and he's, like, making Mm -hmm. a deal and stuff. Yes. They didn't take that as, like, oh, that's God in the sky. That's a way for them to understand and, like, explain it to people.
1: Oh, absolutely. I took a religious literature or a biblical literature class at a non-Christian school. So when I eventually left my Christian college, didn't last long there. We'll get into it. (laughs) And then went to, like, a liberal arts school in Chicago's Columbia College. I I took a biblical literature class, and we really talked about the, like, it doesn't have to be real for it to be true.
0: I cannot agree more. You know? I have a deep, deep respect for scripture. Me and it too. actually really frustrates me that people misunderstand it and misinterpret it so much. Amen. And I don't... <laughs> like, it ends up like me being really like dogmatic, like, no, this is what it means. But it's like, if you do your research, that is what it's saying. Is right. it's, These are metaphors for an explanation to the universe. And
1: also, when... A lot of these things in ancient writing, like, how we prove that something is... Or more than likely, here's what made canon, you know, in the Bible, is what you can replicate the most times with scrolls and texts like what what can you find the most copies of you know and even in that like people then moving backwards in time to the earliest you know that we could possibly find real you know recordings of things was David so the Mm. only like actual probably real person that maybe lived was King David you know or at least that's all that we have enough evidence or copies or replications mm-hmm. of the text for his writings yeah. to being.
0: You uh, know, like like and Solomon and prior, there is absolutely no evidence for at what's all. What's interesting
2: about that is because that being the only historical proven figure in the Bible, um, as far as that goes, I mean, obviously Egyptians were real. But Of course. Um Rastafarianism mm. is actually spawns out of orthodox judeo-christianity from ethiopia or holly selassie rastafari their president bore the stigmata and he was actually proven direct descendant of king david and Sheba.
0: Ooh, yeah Rastafarianism. is yeah.
2: very and interesting so when you think of when i began to study that years ago it blew my mind because biblically just like you're saying you know you can look at the bible and say okay i'm not going to take that literally But one of the other aspects is history, is people look at the Bible, and there's history all through it. But then if it's conflated and misinterpreted and, and used for a way to change things, then it's not what it is, and historically speaking, Rastafarians actually got it more correct. I believe because that. Because yeah. they are talking about the prophecy that is there that the king will return, as he did, and free the people of Ethiopia. So
0: Rastafarians, Rust- they, they think that it's uh, it's already happened. Right. They're returning was, of was the so Messiah. It.
1: Exactly. And that's also what I kind of believe... Okay, three things. One, yes, yes. <laughs> all of it, yes. Um, first of all, going back to your point of... Um, the Jew, in, in Judaism, they knew it was mm-hmm. a, a metaphor. And here's why, is because, or, or, or a great, I guess, explanation of that to me was when my professor told me, well, we are, like, the people that are writing this are using the language, it's so brutal and tribalistic and all this yeah. stuff, that they had access to. Mm. They only, the reason that God is so, you know, harsh and, you know, wrathful and all these things is because that's their only experience, like, Rivaling tribes, yeah. you die. Yeah. Like you know, so all these metaphors are exactly. You know? There's no science to explain why you know mm-hmm. lightning struck you. So right. therefore, it is God. Mm-hmm. And like so, when you you only are as evolved as your language. So it's like one of those other rabbit hole questions. Like, does language make you know in, inspire thought, or does thought inspire language? Ooh,
0: and, it's cyclical. You know, oh, yeah.
1: totally. So that's one. Two. Back to you. You were talking about historic, like, really talking about the history of the Bible. Like, the Bible is all history. Correct. So, just like there's poetry and songs and, you know, gospel and, like, all these different categories that they have in the Bible. But yet they refuse to review different categories as in different ways. Mm. Like, Song of Solomon is a love letter. Like, a very seductive love letter. (laughs) Yeah, very
0: raunchy love letter. So,
1: like, why are we taking, you know... You have you and it's beautiful and I love it. It and is a, such, it's
0: my favorite book in the Bible it's probably. It's gorgeous,
1: exactly. So why are we reviewing if we're not gonna review that under the same, you know, lens as other things, then why, you know, why not? And so for historical passages and historical everything, then you have to review it with the context of the time.
3: Mm. So oh, yeah, why sure. are
1: they saying the things that they are saying? Why is this mm-hmm. you know, when you do say man shall not lie with man, are they actually talking about the gays? That wasn't like a huge thing, like mm-hmm. you know there wasn't you know ancient Jerusalem pride you know in year thirty five yeah, like they're not talking <laughs> about the gays they're talking yeah. about ownership
2: of it's, young boys. That's and that's a it's a oh. very interesting point because when bringing that up, what you're actually doing is shutting down arguments from both sides. Right. You know because and I see this a lot and. It's a real trip. I've got a thing about, you know, even if something is being done that isn't correct, to lie about something to change that is still not a good thing. Two wrongs don't make a right. Exactly. You you need to change things with honesty. Mm -hmm. Because with deception leads more deception. So they'll just change back or they'll find out and be like, well, what was the lie? You know, right. and so you have a lot of people that will talk about um, homosexuality, transgenderism, like, oh, well, it was so predominant, and it you know, in Greece, and, and historically, no, it really wasn't. That stuff, you know, what they talk about cross dressing was times other than America, and a lot of people don't realize this, we are one of the only countries that really had women's liberation of any type.
1: Yes, I mean, even still, I mean, a lot of it's more of a Western culture, right? You know, or a
2: Western cultural ideal. When you look at other countries, they were very, and still to this day, especially through history, they were very much women that don't do a whole list of things,
3: right? Mm -hmm.
2: Including acting plays. That's why young boys dressed as women. To act in plays, that wasn't cro- that was cross dressing for the sake of acting in a play. Exactly. But it was a very conservative reason. And, and to yeah. your point,
0: like it, the, there was no need for like um, like scripture about like men not lying with men because that's uh, that wasn't a predominant thing that was happening. Right, there wasn't yeah. a,
1: exactly like I said a Tel Aviv gay scene. Like it's not a thing. <laughs> you know? It's it's so silly to me that you know that that is proposed is is as, as the actual what this text mm-hmm. means. So what it did come down to though that I was I've heard all the sides of the argument that stood out the most to me was that it was more of a context to sexual slavery or ownership that older men would molest younger men mm-hmm. in order for them to
0: be their and it has a very no. brute, archaic language because it, everything's brute and archaic. At right, because... And
2: is, is, yeah. as bad as it sounds to bring up, the sodomy of young boys is very, very, very old of a practice. It's actually noted in the Kama Sutra, which is thousands of years older than the Bible. Yes. And where he speaks on, he doesn't believe it's right, but he says in a sutra, you do not separate. And that's another big point that we run into, especially in the world now. Separating knowledge due to your beliefs. I don't think that's right, but that doesn't mean that I shouldn't know about this. Right.
0: Yeah. Exactly.
2: To acknowledge something exists does not mean that I support. It's kind of like you can't confront evil if you're not aware of it. Right. Exactly. So, you know. And he says, you know, there's a tribe that does this. I don't necessarily agree with that, but this is what happens. So for me to omit this knowledge is not doing you any good. Right. No. Not so at all. This and 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 and. Also I think one of the things is when you live in a tribal situation, much like you can relate it to the eating of pork sure um pork to this day you have to cure the crap out of it and you got to do so many things to it or else it's you know back then, they didn't really understand the intricacies to try, yeah, to of try why. To explain that. It's much the yeah. like the druids talking to the state They yeah. don't understand that there's lava in the earth, so you're <laughs> going to tell them there's a dragon the there. Right. Okay, you know, same thing. Well, God said do the pig. the pig. Why? Because well, God said. I'm not going to try to explain to the that you to get sick to get sick You know, Right. You think maybe with think maybe the man not the with man, it has to do with procreation.
1: That because as well. Because
2: mm-hmm. If we've got this many women and this many men, and then two of the dudes run off over here, that's two dudes that aren't going to be providing seed. And if
0: you're talking about like a a tribe of people, they want to propagate their species. Right. And every, you know, when it's
2: a small tribe and you're out in the middle of nowhere and everybody's starving and, you know, so many kids don't make it because God takes them, then everything is very important you know right. everything is it's like look we can't really split that but also warring
0: tribes it's like we need to get our population up right Absolutely. right
1: exactly yeah. there's so many reasons that this could be a necessary verse that are not applicable to the right. modern world mm-hmm. right. and then another like you then said is diseases like with just with pork they right. were trying to limit just like why you shouldn't get you know have sex before you get married or before you, you know, you're in a matrimony agreement. Is to there is no cure for diseases, for spreading illnesses, right, for all right. these things. So why would you sleep with a bunch of people, you know, or be an adulterer or whatever? Because there is no,
2: mm-hmm.
1: there's no way for you to recover if you do get HIV or a, a disease and from it. You know.
2: Interestingly enough, you say marriage. Marriage did not exist for a long, long time. Yes. The Bible actually says, and I actually had a pastor tell me this when I was discussing with somebody at work few years ago where I was working and whoever it was, the lady there said, are you not married? You know, asking me, she wasn't really like downing me, but she was like, you're not married. Are you? And I was like, no, you know, I'm a, my girl, we're not married. We have Mm -hmm. a child, but we're not married. And this pastor who came in to make deliveries all the time, just kind of turned, he goes, but you are. And he rattled off the scripture and he says, it says when man lays with woman, that is marriage. Yes. You have taken them onto your bed, which is why men had multiple wives. Yes. The idea in Native American, and ancient tribes, is when a woman became of age, basically when she started her period and would go to the moon tent, which was a thing in most tribes because it was a lot, and it's really funny because a lot of women, if I talk to them about that, they're like, some will say, that's just horrible. How could they, you know, that's sexist and yada yada, but then a lot of them are like well no that's awesome that means I do not have to deal with <laughs> I wouldn't I got a week that I don't the worst week of my month I don't have to deal with their shit. <laughs> I can go to this tent, everybody leaves me alone. The only people that are allowed to take that a bubble tent bath. are women. Right. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where birthing happens. They're right. We're allowed around that. So that's you know because it was not looked at as women are lower. It was looked at as women are exalted right this is what bears our children we have to protect them right this and is literally why we live you know and so you have these different aspects of the idea with marriage being it's like you're saying in the natives when a woman became of age they would find attraction or a, a, another man would quarter and they would sleep together
3: mm-hmm.
2: if the seed took she stayed with him mm. if it did not she wouldn't they would both okay we're not supposed to be yeah and passions be damned now obviously there was probably inner shit going on there was oh, probably I- okay we really got some energy but we couldn't really have a kid so right. we went over and did this but on these certain nights we kind of this happens and whatever oh that's probably been going on since the dawn of time
1: all right i mean Hey, that's, I feel like, where every, you know, teen drama, this is where it started, you right. know? Like, this is the, every, like, drama series that you watch, Riverdale, like, this is the, hey, this is where that dates back to. But, it, exactly. So, then seeing how religious tropes and different religious texts and all these things, um, it's always, it's just like the Bible, or people say the Bible is sexist. And it's like, not really. The, for the time, the Bible was, like, radically feminist, you know? Like, they yeah. gave woman of women a voice at all. They weren't property, they were mm-hmm. characters, yeah. not sexist, in yeah. Yeah. you know historical evaluation. You have to. Definitely like a said, lot of cultures
0: weren't that progressive, for sure.
1: Exactly. Like you said, on both sides, it shuts down a lot of arguments because you have to be able to evaluate it with what is relevant to the time.
0: And this is not, like what we're doing right now is not done often enough. Yeah. Like we're really,
2: this is important stuff.
1: Oh, I know. It just gets,
2: you know? gets me there, there, going. There's, yes, there's too many people that. Any one of us could speak a point that we're making, and they're like, but blah, da blah, and you.
1: Right. And it's and like, on, on
2: any side of the aisle could look aisle, at this and be know, upset.
0: Like, I you know. know,
1: and it's like, well, I'm not trying to make you upset. Yeah. I just want you to understand that maybe it's just not what you think it is. The
0: truth is uncomfortable for people, so it, it looks like an attack.
1: But honestly, for me, it's been so comforting. Yeah. you know to learn about cultures and societies where women where women were the warriors you know mm. to look at cultures and societies where it was the opposite like you said you can't acknowledge the bad parts right of life of history of anything without you
0: know it's like we 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 have to, to understand you have to
1: understand it
0: yeah well, so like, sorry go ahead no
1: no no it's okay i'm i i will talk for 20 minutes it's fine <laughs> if you get, get out your point i was just going <laughs> to say it
0: like um like recent history like um, like Nazi Germany. It's like we have to look at that and understand it. Otherwise, that uh, Nietzsche talks about, like, if you don't look at the past, it will repeat itself. Yeah. And it's like if we don't keep in our minds, like, what happened, it's like that is likely to repeat.
1: Yeah. And the thing is, is that that came from an atheist philosopher. Yeah. You know, like, mm-hmm. exactly. You're quoting Nietzsche. Like, this is, you can also be intelligent with whatever religious background yeah. that you come with. You Pe- know?
0: People trying to separate religion and science is just a complete misunderstanding of both religion and science. Right, exactly. Yeah. They
1: both are interwoven because religion is the part that science hasn't gotten to. Mm. Yet, you know?
2: Science science is literally everything. And if you yeah. don't think so that the Bible saying... has to fall into that because even if you don't believe in it and you think it's just psychological mumbo-jumbo... Well, then that's the psychology of science.
1: Exactly. Then that's still science, and at least it's a social science because now it's influenced how everyone reacts to one another, always, forevermore. Amen. You know, like so. It's exactly. So it's just, I. It does fall under. You're totally right into the into the science category as well. And so this is again such a just great conversation, and and it would be very helpful if people could swallow their pride for like Mm. three seconds and just go, you know what, I'm going to go into this conversation with, or this, you know, Ted talk, this, whatever you call it with an open mind and willing to learn or to at least hear a new perspective, even if I'm not ready to change my mind. That's my
0: favorite part about doing this is like, I get to learn things. Exactly. Um, I've I've learned a lot, like in the last 30 minutes, like talking to you (laughs) (laughs) you, about, uh, about scripture, about,
2: uh, Baptists, you know, like a lot of stuff. Absolutely. I think a lot of people get scared of what-ifs now, and that's where some of the best comedy would come from, if you're just riffing on, well, what if this was the case? Right. And you can go as absurd as you want, but now if you even do that, then, you know, is that what you believe? And It's, well, no, I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm throwing something at the wall to see what it looks like after it sticks and falls off, you know? Right. So... Humor's problematic. And in and, and the scientific method... You do push things to the extreme. You have the to. way you figure something out is to take an absurd idea and throw it through your mind and find out why every part of it's so absurd. It's literally why and we then have. And find out the little things that are in in it. Anything in this room. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Every microphone, every computer, every camera. Every you know piece of furniture, every speaker, instrument, lights—it's all because someone had a wild idea.
0: Yeah. Some woman or man went, "What if?"
1: Yeah, what if we have yeah. something that that could light up the room without sun? You know, like it's <laughs> it's it's ridiculous, but it's true. And so when people are small-minded enough to think like that, this is it. Mm-hmm. I still don't think it's it. I think, yeah. and I think everyone should adapt the opinion that your opinion is always going to be adaptable. You know? Yeah. So. I believe for now that God is this deus force. You know, it's the unfolding of events. It is hmm. a perfect, it's it's an id. It, it's non-gendered. It's That's so silly. It's, it's not small
0: work. enough that you can you know, put your mind around it, it as a person. It's or jazz. jazz. Yeah.
1: Right. It is a piece of paper. It is jazz. It is jazz. It is jazz. <laughs> that is, if, if, if it was a piece of paper, or I'm sorry, if, if, the, if time linearly was a straight line, it's a piece of paper. You know, yeah. it's the whole thing from start to finish. And nothing's going to stop it or slow it down or reverse it or control it. It's just what is going to happen. I'm, I'm of the
0: opinion that uh, and one of the DMT trips I was telling you about kind of like oh, uh, solidified this. Tell me. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I'll go through it briefly because I think Alice has heard this probably way too many times. It's okay. But um, Bullet points. But uh, I'm of the opinion that we're all the same person. Um, and the thing piloting us is... Uh, not necessarily unique. It's um, one. So this is actually the mystery of the Trinity, and people that uh, that uh, people that talk about the Trinity don't even understand it themselves a lot of the time. But um, you have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Yep. So to me, that is you have the the Creator, the Source, mm-hmm. um, and then. I also am a firm believer that Christ, when he said he's the son of God, he's referring to all of us. Um, we're all the son or daughter of God. And, uh, That's true. Really what that means is to, to be aware of that, um, that you are God. So it's like, I think I'm God, I think you're God. It's not particularly special, like ants are God, uh, leaves are God. Um, but um, it's, it's one thing experiencing itself through a multitude of windows I kind of had a, a trip where I was shown this, um, not in a really way that it was, like, explained to me. It yeah. was just presented to me. Um, apparently by myself, to myself, I guess. But, uh... Why did I bring that up? Because um, of the Trinity, the mystery of the Trinity. Yeah. Uh, oh, he is The magic number.
1: Also, yeah, numbers in the world. They're oh. repeating numbers and all that stuff. And
0: I remember. You were talking about, um, like, deism. Yeah. I, I think, um... John Lennon said it best. I am he, as you are he, as you are me, and we are one, and we are all together.
1: Yeah. And I don't know if my, like, detailed opinion is that. The reason I believe in a deist God is because I still subscribe to some, uh, to some light Christian light, you know. Mm-hmm. Like non-denominational hippie Christian light, you know, is kind of what what
0: That's I think, a great name for a church. Right? Yeah.
1: Exactly. You know, where we do drink wine maybe during the whole service. You know, <laughs> just get really get people in the door. You know, yeah. like let's where it's and it's
2: not. Why, why is communion gotta be just like a moment? Right. <laughs> I mean, we've been we communion all service, baby.
1: Right. Exactly. Uh, I really think it would bring a lot of people together. Anyways, the point is, is that I still then believe that this is that God the Father is deist. I don't think that it's um, it's personal. I just think it's doing what it's doing. And the and the thing that we can understand was represented in possibly Jesus, you know, because he is still fully, he's not half man, half God. He is fully man and fully God. But the only way for us to understand Potentially, the ways of a higher power that is under not able to be understood by our pea brains, is through then this example of him. Mm. So I do do believe that Jesus is, and you know, is is God
3: mm-hmm. still?
1: You know, I do believe that he is not just a rabbi from the time, not just a human that you know it was cool and people wrote a lot of stuff about. So you him. think
0: that uh, Jesus was. Uh, real person?
1: Yes, okay. I do. I do think that, I think that there is enough, enough historical evidence for me to say that it's not a silly opinion,
0: you know? I guess I'm, um, I'm not uh, well informed about examples of Jesus outside of scripture. Um, do you, can you like, can you name any, like list any? That is actually a really good question, and I
1: would, I don't want to talk about things that I know yeah. a lot no, about. Fair without fair You know, Without that? I was just curious.
0: Um,
1: I think, like, there's been... It's it's mentioned... It's more cultural than anything else, hmm. you know? But I would have to do a lot more research to I'm definitely you, not
0: saying they don't exist. I'm just not familiar with any references to Jesus outside of Scripture.
1: Right, yes. Or, yeah, affiliated translations of similar Scriptures yeah. and, you know, or in denominations of dip- different branches of Christianity. Um, I... There are a couple ones that Christians love to throw out there, you know, that they love to be like, see, it's real, but, like, actually, <laughs> I forgot what they were. So that's why I don't want to, like, say a bunch of things that I'm like, oh, then someone's going to comment and be like, she's wrong. Unless we, we have
0: new information since I last looked at it, I do know that there's, there's, like, a, there's like a census that um, Caesar takes uh, at yes. the time mm-hmm. that uh, Jesus was born. That he had everyone travel to Jerusalem to Bethlehem, Bethlehem, or to, or to that's their right.
1: it's it's to their um their you go to the city from which you were from, from which you were born. Mm. So David and Mary went to Bethlehem.
0: Gotcha. Yes. Oh, okay. Gotcha. That, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um. And I don't. I don't. Unless I mean someone's found something more recently. I don't think there's any record of that happening outside of scripture, which would be like a really big event that would be documented. Oh, as as far as like an ancient census. Yeah, like that's kind of like a big deal to get everyone to do that.
1: Yes. And it
0: it seems like there would be, if it happened, it seems like there would be some reference to it. Um, Yes. Now. But I mean, again, I, you know, do your research yourself, Alice. uh, But I'm just not. When last time I looked into it, there wasn't anything that people had found about it.
1: There's a lot of honestly, like something that I really do want to do in my life is um, since I am you know, Jewish by heritage, ethnicity, not really by religion. I've, you know, been a Christian my whole life. But, like, I I have gone to... Um, I would love to go. I'm sorry, I have not gone. I would like to go to Israel. Mm. I really want to go to all the places that Jesus supposedly was, you know, and all these things. And obviously have, like, a spiritual connection within it and a spiritual relationship with it. But also like, to just get better facts, you know, yeah. from Israel, not just our watered down, you know, For sure. research most of the time, like, I want to, I think, like, can honestly, with this, instead of even just, like, I mean, also, when you're research, like, researching things, look at who you're, like, looking up, like, who's telling mm. you this information, oh, to, sure. you know, yeah. so, like, I would actually rather hear it from, you know, the Jews, (laughs) talk about Jesus because they didn't believe he was the Messiah. Mm -hmm. So So, if there's
0: record of it with them, it's like, that's almost contrary to what they'd want to believe, I guess.
1: Exactly. So if there's record of it with them, then he was just, because a rabbi, basically, is what then they would kind of consider his leadership to be. You make a
0: good point. If if there's evidence in the Western world they're not likely to... uh, in a, in a like Christian society, you're not likely to like try and poke holes in it. Right, it's like, exactly. This, this validates what I say, so I'm not going
2: to... But right. They might yeah. actually also would use historical reference to show that he was just some other regular dude. He might have
1: just been a regular dude, though. You know, and
2: been like, well, here's the dude that y'all are talking about, and he didn't, there's, you know...
1: Yeah, and he didn't but, rise I mean, from well, the
2: dead. When you get into, like, Rasta believe that... Whether or not, they, most of them Orthodox believe that he existed because it is written. Yeah. But they are much more, I will not want to say much more Old Testament driven, but they are very much. I'd say they're more Old Testament driven. Yeah, they're very much both sides of it. Um, but basically their belief is, is that Jesus, like John the Baptist, was just what they would call another Rasta
1: yeah
2: you know and it has to do with their way of living which a lot of people don't realize is that rasta rasta rastas it's which don't really like to use the term ism Mm -hmm. rastafarian or rastafarianism because Mm -hmm. they're nowhere rasta Mm
3: -hmm.
2: um that a lot of their beliefs don't all come well some of the main things that we know about them don't come from Christianity. Uh, dreadlocks come from the Sikhs, mm. just like smoking reefer, cannabis. Yeah. It, it, it didn't come from a Christian. It came from the Sikhs that they met in Jamaica when they were bringing Hindis and Indians down to the Panama Canal mm. to build it. Yeah. So that is how new that philosophy is. Mm. You know, uh, Marcus Garvey... You know, he was, there's pictures of him, you know, but he was, he's also a prophet. Yeah. He considers, they consider Marcus Garvey, Christ, uh, John the Baptist, all those guys to be prophets and Rastamin, mm-hmm. that they weren't the coming and they weren't anything more than the rest of us, but they were really just trying to tell
0: us that. I really think that's, um, in my own study of scripture, that that is what Jesus was saying as well, is he's saying um treat other people the way you want to be treated because that is that is you. Yeah. That is you. Mhm. Um, and I,
1: and I agree. I like I was saying I I think that again kind of what I or at least what I meant to say with Jesus being like I still believe that Jesus was god or a prophet or whatever it was some sort of, you know, spiritual iteration of uh, of another, you know, being of something more supernatural. I I don't necessarily think like he is a Messiah, that doesn't mean he's the only one, you know, there could be more people like what, you know, that you were saying that are spiritually inspired prophets, I mean they talk about inspiration from God all the time when they were writing in in the writing of the Gospels Not anymore though
2: no, no, because they'll tell you you're you crazy if you told them God told you something. Oh right.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Like right. um, his, it's he's saying, like nowadays, if you were to say that, you're you're yeah. crazy. Oh yeah. I want to know what
2: I want to know when that started. Like at what <laughs> point right. they're like, yeah. you know what? All right, everybody, all this God talked to me that ended. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. If, he, if he didn't talk to you by yesterday, he I think, ain't talking no more. I ain't right? <laughs> trying to hear this.
0: That's probably I,
2: like um, <laughs> But
1: that's not even totally true. If people still speak in tongues. People still. Yeah. Right. You know, it's all
2: practice. People, but it, the, a of, the social idea. Yeah. I think back certain in the day, d- you know, somebody came into the village talking about, I got a, I God think God spoke to me. And everybody's like, really? Tell me what he said. Yeah. Now everybody's probably lying, Dude. like, <laughs> Look it up, man. You got some of that cool.
0: Well, that's probably <laughs> like, um, no, I'm the guy God talks to. Yeah. You can't hear God. Only I hear God. Right,
1: right exactly. <laughs> yeah. So obviously turned into that, but that's just human relationships. Yeah. You know, so I, but do I think it's impossible for there to be multiple people that God has talked to? No, because what do we actually know? So then, yeah. with that being said, like all these religions and all these things, are they probably then talk like I subscribe to Christianity because it's what I know, yeah, and it's how I was raised, and it's what makes sense to me because that's how it was communicated to me, and that's now what my language and thought process is structured around. However, do, does that mean that I think that you are wrong if you're a Muslim? No, it's basically the same sort it's of. It's basically the same thing. Yeah, it's yeah. the same arc, and also they come from the same place. Give me a break. It's yeah. all Abrahamic relation or er, religions. So, like, what are we arguing about? Exactly. Yeah. They say, yeah.
2: Uh, I, a language the other day, I saw say, t- said something about if you know what did Jesus call God? That's well, right. Historically, he would have called him Allah.
0: Because that is the uh, what that is was a, the language they spoke? Exactly, uh, they spoke Hebrew. That's um. Uh, Aramaic. 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 Jesus, uh, for the time period in the area, he would have spoke Aramaic, and the Aramaic word for God is Is Allah. Allah.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. You know, and that's the same with Judaism. Like, I just all the, especially all the monotheist religions. But even then, when you go into norse mythology greek mythology all these things there's so many tropes the floods are the same that this is that you yeah. know we're all kind of telling trying to the make a story of of natural events things that have happened and trying to fill in the gaps so, actually
0: uh, that that leads me to something else um you may i might have some insight on this as a songwriter okay. yes uh like i think there is really only uh one story not just in religion but overall that can be told yeah, And we're telling it in different ways. Uh, oh. I'm a writer also. I write poetry. I'm working on a novel right now.
1: That's awesome.
0: Thank you. Um, but I, I find myself in the point where I'm like, there is no such thing as an original idea. Oh, it's, of course not. It's it's just different ways okay. of saying the same thing over and over again. Yes,
1: there is the same couple of tropes. And honestly, like I even tell this to all these people that are being all overly artsy-fartsy. I don't even love it that much. I'm sort of like... Resolve that. Like, I don't want it. I don't want your like cliffhanger, weird. You know, mm. f- weird for the sake of being weird. Like, give <laughs> I me know some, exactly what you mean. Right. Like, give me like, hit your plot points
2: that you learned in em- in English. You empty know, like esotericism. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It it's like, it's, a good way of it's that. so heady, and it's like, no, it's not. It's empty as hell. Right. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. It
1: doesn't mean anything. We're just doing things for the sake of being done. It's random. It's chaotic, and so it's not a story then. So, like, I'm with you, and also, I don't think, you, we, like, we put so much, you know, pressure on being original, that you then sort of deviate from just, okay, well, what's good? Like, make good music, write
3: good I, stories, yeah. I you did know?
2: notice, and what I did hear lyrically, of what I was listening to your stuff, mm-hmm. you do tend to, you have a lot of referencing that is... It, it's familiar, mm-hmm. your lines, and, it, it's, and that's in, in songwriting in general, especially in, I don't want to say commercial songwriting, but in songwriting to give to the public and to appeal to the masses, it's very, very important um, to instill a level of comfort in yes. people. Mm-hmm. And I've talked to Alex about this before, about being campy. Yes. And campy, and you know, a lot of people take it as a bad thing. He says I'm campy. I'm not necessarily <laughs> fond of I, I agree. things being <laughs> very campy. True. But that—that's me. Yeah. You know, totally. I'm not—I'm not the aficionado, and I'm like, well, you can't do campy shit, you know. Yeah. But because there's a place for it.
3: Of course. And there's also
2: like anything. <laughs> there's levels yeah. of it. You know, there's even people that write uh, kind of campy can get too campy and realize it. Uh, like, oh. Yeah. You know,
1: just like if you're. You can also be too unoriginal in the sense of you could be too familiar. Right. And then it's just run of the mill. Right. It's a ride, you have to ride the line.
2: Right. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and it's very much a. That is very much how you make it your own. Thing, right, exactly. You know? When I write, I'm. When I was much, much younger, I was a musician and a poet. I wasn't a songwriter. It wasn't until I was really. In my early 20s that i could consider myself to really that's what i got taught by a songwriter when she's just shut up and play three chords and you know <laughs> quit trying to be jazzy and cool and you know and, it just, and totally and, and stop just put it. it out you know so what i was able to do was simplify the music on a level then i could take my very poetic lyrics mm-hmm. and not necessarily simplify them Lyrically, but simplify them rhythmically. Yeah. In which, when you're writing that way or doing any kind of art, it's sometimes good to give yourself a box to work within. Yeah. Because it's, it's kind of necessary. Yeah, it's kind of, it, it gives you this challenge because if if it's going to be that open and esoteric, then it's got no box, then it's like, what the fuck are you talking about Right. Here? Oh, you know, totally. It's like, all right, I mean, you know, I laid here in the field on some acid and like tripped on it and I run, you know, it's cool, but if you're really trying to catch somebody. Yeah. Then, and I'll find that I can do a lyric line that has a familiarity to it. Absolutely. But I will do an unfamiliar line with familiar structures with like the back and forth or the return idea with a different statement. Totally. And I find that that allows my esoteric stuff to stick with people because if you can't understand what I'm really saying it's easy to get turned off of the track you know Mm -hmm. it's easy to be like well I mean it sounds cool but I don't know what you're talking about but if you can say things in such a way and trail somebody up to these things then it rings in them if they don't understand it it still rings with them they're like I've got to figure out I know that that means something I know that 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 hits some way
0: right Mm -hmm. and then
2: I always tell people I want them to tell me what to what to, put, my song meant to put
0: words to that, it sounds like the difference between abstract and esoteric. Whereas, like abstract, has no definition. Right. Esoteric has a definition that's just not obvious to you.
1: Yes, right. sure. Yeah. Now, I what I'm extra all across the board. It's just who <laughs> I am, like in personality to music to all this stuff. So the reason that I want, like I said even in the beginning, I my goal is to be relatable because no matter how extra I get, I am still a person that's chilling in a flannel talking to y'all and having a great conversation and a great time, you know? So when we, when it comes to the music writing, my job first and foremost is to write a good song that you can sing along to that's gonna be easy for you to learn, to do all these things, but still has some deep-seated meaning. Writing that line, so instead of it just being a bunch of like nothing that just is boring, or is just regurgitated from the million other artists that have said something just like it, but something that still sounds familiar and mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. I might maybe haven't heard it quite put that way before, but I know that feeling. This is the same feeling I got when I've heard it, this when I saw this when I whatever. Now, my production on the other hand, that's why y'all gotta listen to Vices when we oh, yeah. when we get done with this. Cause I think that's where I really get to shine on some of the fun sounds and the crazy and the the dark pop is mm-hmm. what I call it. You know, I think we really made a good modern pop record that has a lot of nuance to it mm. a lot of like these are these are you are pretty produ- you you are a producer so my i don't think i had one song that was less than 95 to 100 separate tracks of different things and oh, wow. all that stuff so these were enormous projects mm. that were just right. gang vocal upon stack upon layer upon you know bells and whistles and the, the whole night it's big it's loud you know so that's why when like you got it. You can't. You can't go too crazy then with the subject matter either. You got to have your and, and even then, when you said sometimes it's easier to write when you fall into a into a structure. When I came up with the idea for the Dante's Inferno parallel, it was actually now kind of segueing in. It was a great segue. Yeah. Um. I actually found a lot of creativity and comfort within. Okay. Well, these are going to be my nine circles of hell. Hmm. And it came to me when like a friend actually suggested it. A friend told me like. Hey, I think there's nine circles of hell in Dante's Inferno. I was like, no, you're thinking of seven deadly sins, and and he was like, no, I'm not stupid. I'm talking about the nine <laughs> circles of hell in Dante's Inferno. And I was like, I am like, and I because I was I didn't want to do seven deadly sins because it's such a play. So you were trope. set
0: on nine tracks. No,
1: no. Oh, well, I well I was set on an an odd number. I didn't want okay. there to be like 12, 16, 10 I didn't want I, it wasn't and gonna that's be short. Like that's when AP. your friend.
0: Presented to you that there's yeah, nine in Dante's Inferno. Because I was
1: like, I think I want to do something weird. Like I'm, I'm, tired of these people doing these like long, long albums. Like Love T Swift, Sorry This Weekend, but don't I don't want sixteen songs on this record? Yeah, you know, it's just it's too much. I don't care. No one it's else. Adjustable cares. the way I you mean, made it. Exactly.
2: And nowadays, nine is quite a is quite a full album. Right. A lot of people getting away with a lot. I mean, I say that. It's Attention funny, spans are less. People that's... are
1: doing EPs with three singles that they've already released and the EP is four songs.
2: Yeah. 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 I'm yeah. like... And, and I find out I funny and I actually do think he had mentioned <laughs> that to me because the album that I'm working on right now that I'm putting out, I've, I'm putting nine tracks on and it's very specific that it is nine. Yeah. And there's a very specific reason for the number nine.
1: Yeah. Nine. So one of my other favorite albums is, uh, is Enneagram. And it's the nine personality types. Mm. And I love that album. It's by uh, Sleeping At Last. Mm. And it's so good. Anyways, go ahead.
0: So um, on on Vices, uh, like kind of just talking um, like uh, process, creative process. Mm -hmm. Where do you think art comes from? Does that start with you or is that...
1: Sometimes, two things. Is that
0: up here, then you just pull it down or...
1: Okay, I think it can can be both because my experience is, and how I've reacted to it and like literal things that have happened to me have heavily influenced my art form. And then there are other times where I've written a song in 15 minutes and I have no idea. I just feel like a vessel, you mm-hmm. know? So I think there are different things. Mm. Some some are internal struggles that I need to get out. Others are subconscious, like almost you tap into the like unconscious, mm. the collect- the collective unconscious, yeah. and you of things that you have even realized yet. You know, but you wrote a song about it already. Yeah, and there's a couple of songs I've done that on. I feel.
0: I, I agree with you. I think it's a combination, mixture, or um, some something like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, Me too. I think it it could it could be either. Why not? So yeah.
0: Um, if you just dis- if you disagree, like let me know. But I think sure. I think it's probably like, probably like the energy part of it, like the the raw, uh, unmolded clay part. Mm-hmm. Comes from something, and then the part that's on us is the
2: kind of like making something out of that.
1: Yeah, like we're the sculptor. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. So that the the I it's like inspiration energy. I mean, who can say where inspiration comes from? I mean, you can say I watch so there's certain records I can listen to that will inspire me to record. They make me feel like writing music and recording music specifically, but that doesn't mean that 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 is triggering inspiration. But yeah. what does inspire? what does it really mean? You know, is it a, it's not a tangible thing, you know, is it a thought? It's not, so it's like you're saying, I think that is the energy that you're talking about that is coming down. Yeah. And then when it comes through us, then it's up to us to filter it and, yeah. hmm. you know, decipher it.
1: And I guess that that, I mean, if you like scale out, you know, or zoom out, like, I think that that kind of applies to then even situations that happen to you, relationships, whatever. If they're all part of the master plan, if it's if something is going to happen, you know, even if it's just chaos and we're all just molecules hitting each other and stuff, you still it still wasn't totally in your control. You're this is just how you're choosing to react to it. You're mm. writing this song, you're telling this story, you're healing, you're coping, you're what destroying whatever you're doing the thing. Because something else happened to you. That's interesting.
0: You know? Do you believe in free will? <sighs> I love it's a, this question. It's a big but one. But
1: loaded. Um, I That's, believe... Okay, yeah. here's my very, very hard distinction that I'm going to make. I believe in autonomy, but I do not believe in free will.
0: Okay, yes, I would agree with that.
1: I believe that you... Have your bubble, you have your space, you have your autonomous rights mm. that you can and cannot do within the bounds of societies and nations and reality, and it's not the right of the government or any other person to infringe upon what you can and cannot do. Mm. Okay. Now, with that being said, I don't believe in free will.
0: Yeah, I would I would agree with all of that. Right?
1: Yeah. Okay. So and the reason I don't believe in free will is because actually it directly then contradicts my opinion on an impersonal God. Mm -hmm. So if I am to hold the opinion that there is a God that is a force, that everything is just happening and it's an unfolding of the universe, then I actually have to lean very Calvinist on this, and I'm not of the Armenian mindset that you choose and all these things, because I think that the problem with free will is that it leaves the person then to blame if they choose wrong, and I don't like that because when it comes to your eternal soul on the line, I think that's incredibly unfair. Yeah. And then also then uh, kind of scaling out like I don't see how we we might think we we have the illusion of free will, but I don't think that we actually have it. I think everything is predestined to be a certain way, sure. and or even if it isn't in you know in, in, in the small things, you are still going to get to point B. You're yeah, getting yeah. from here to here, and nothing is going to stop it. The world is going to keep turning. So with that being said, and eventually, we're all going to die. So is that, is that actually free will? Because if I actually had free will, I could do basically whatever I wanted, and that's mm. not true at all.
0: That's true. We have confines, which means there isn't free will. Exactly. Yeah, yeah time, uh, physics, like these things... Uh it's kinda of like we were talking about with art. You need a parameter in order for have, things to exactly. happen. Exactly.
1: Humans think better when we can compartmentalize. Yeah. It's why we love to label ourselves even when we want to free ourselves of labels, you know? Mm. It's the and it's not wrong, it's not bad. It's you people are searching deeply for identity, so we create our own confines, sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse, in order to make us Like, make all of this make sense to us. Yeah. Making
2: the universe make sense is what science is. And science, by actuality, is categorizing everything. Yeah. Yeah. And the whole idea with that is you can categorize everything to the point of individuality. Yeah. And because I'm so far against, like you're saying, we love to categorize, yet we can't stand it. Yeah. i cannot stand things to be non-individualized especially humans yeah but it is very fun and interesting on the brain to take the world around you and decipher it into patterns mm-hmm. and you know what what gibson talks about pattern recognition that's what really separates us
0: it's kind of like we're the universe learning
2: about itself in a myriad of ways which goes back to what you're saying about it's we're all just God experiencing,
1: which also so. is why I think AI is the next step in evolution. Oh yeah, oh, here's <laughs> a rabbit hole. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We're gonna go there because like computers teaching itself and experiencing it, itself into consciousness basically is what it's coming. I don't know. Everyone grab. If you all think the zombies or however else is you know got the rapture's <laughs> that's small happen. potatoes. Right. I was like, you think that's a big deal? Okay. Well, wait until the AI take yeah. over. We're dead. Instantly. It's yeah. done. I, the
0: <laughs> way, I totally agree with you, and I think the only way to survive that is to integrate with it, to become I, it. Yeah. And it's kind of like... Um, Avatar, then. You know, I, like,
2: I for think, real. Yeah, I think... Um, we, we would basically end up being enslaved by machinery to keep machinery functioning. Yeah. I think that...
0: This is kind of a large concept, but I think that when, like, Neuralink happens and we're thinking at such a high speed like this conversation could be had in like a millisecond. Yeah. And it's like at that point um, what's going to happen is we <laughs> I just talk so 1300 much
2: 1300 podcast in- 5 minutes ago. <laughs> I think exactly.
0: what happens is we will reconcile all differences in humanity right. yeah and will eventually because you a... will have
1: all understanding
3: that, what's yes it called, yeah.
0: like entropy so what yes no so it's singularity For singularity it yes. becomes uh we become a hive mind yeah i think it's kind of so consciousness kind of goes like you have god and then it separates and then it comes back or backwards it it comes apart like a big bang and then it comes back together <laughs> and then probably what happens then is this collective hive consciousness that we are Yeah. goes man this is boring let's create a matrix we can go into and forget that we know that we're all the same person so at that point, which it's, maybe
1: this has already happened too. If you believe that's more exactly like, where I
0: was going. Right. So, so where in that are the, we even? That's
1: like the, uh, what's his name? Yeah. Elon Musk. Yeah. That's like his whole, like the simulation just repeats itself, mm. you know, or like reinvents itself. Once you can enter a virtual reality and it becomes realistic enough, you just start over basically, yeah.
2: you know, or yeah. something like that. And when you think about how energy and matter, which technically are the same in the universe work, it's all waves. And that description is actually perfect because that is what happens with everything. Everything pulses in mm-hmm. and out in mm. and out. You know, um, the idea of one and zero is the simplicity of machine language. The idea of analog is between them. Yeah. Because you can't really get any more on than on or off than off but you can regulate in between them. And when you have logic, you know, the human mind, we have a logic side, and then we have our thought creative side. And that's literally the duality. That's the balance, that's the fight. That's Mm -hmm. what causes this what the fuck yeah, yeah, because you know we can be extremely stoic and say it's on or it's off, or well, we can be extremely aloof and be like it's never either. Either way is really correct, I guess. Right, yeah. but to be one way is incorrect mm. because you're you're you you the understanding.
1: So, mm. if you could go back and pick out, this is a kind of a hopefully creating understanding question. One good thing that being raised religious did for you, hmm. what would it be?
0: Oh, I have oh, that's easy one actually. Okay, good. Awesome. Um I have so Jehovah's Witnesses really something I've noticed, I don't I don't know much about Baptists, so it's it's cool hearing about that.
1: That they're extremely similar it seems at least. It, yeah. yeah.
0: Um but something I've noticed like um, talking to other friends that were raised religiously is like they go to church they talk to their pastor but they never like really studied the bible jehovah's witnesses really study the bible like um at a young age i had read the bible Mm -hmm. and it's like i am grateful for that because i have a deep personal relationship with scripture um and i have a like really profound love for it yeah um And that is, uh, that's priceless. Yeah. I I think that probably, uh, my thirst for knowledge um, in terms of scripture. So like I kind of, problem is like, okay, now I'm having issues with what I'm teaching and I'm like disagreeing with Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. people that are teaching me about this. And it's like, um, I have a problem with doctrine because doctrine basically says this is how it is. And if you don't agree with that, then you're not part of the doctrine. Right, Um, which is... You're not part of our group if you don't believe it exactly the way we do. And that I have a serious issue with because we are all students of Scripture. Um, We're all in the process of learning. And what man can say they understand it absolutely? Right. Uh, That's kind of arrogant. So it's like, I I think, um, uh, so I, I, um, I was abused as a kid. Like near my uh, early teens. Mm -hmm. Um, And that kind of opened up, that was part of kind of what opened my eyes to things. But I'd always had questions that weren't getting satisfactory answers. Right. But I knew at like age 14, 13, that I was not, this was not for me. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So when I turned 18, I moved out. Um, I was also homeschooled. Oh, okay. So that's something um, I I thought was really interesting about your experience is like there's a lot of similarities with. Yeah. how we grew up, but there's also a lot of differences, because the school aspect, aspect was not part of it for me. Sure. Um, I was homeschooled um, from f- uh, fourth grade. Um, I went to elementary school, but then after that, I was homeschooled, mm-hmm. and every one of my peers was in my church. And I guess that is similar to you, because you went to a, a Baptist school, so everyone at that school is kind of in that
1: church or in that at least that denomination or a church similar to it you know something like that so yes but still like your but then your group of peers is even tinier you know yeah and then eventually i only went to the to that elementary school through sixth grade and then i went to big school or big junior high and then even bigger high school where there was a thousand people in a class Mm -hmm. you know so i mean it's it's totally different to then see how then in these crucial crucial developmental years, like, how we then sort of became who we were
0: through all yeah. these things. Yeah. It was very formative, for sure. Yeah, Like, um, I think a negative example can be just as powerful as a positive one, mm-hmm. where it's, like, um, um, there's basically two responses to abuse. You can uh, become jaded and say, I'm going to repeat this cycle, which is, unfortunately, something we see a lot with um, not just Christianity, but religious groups, where it's, like... Um, Abuse happens. Yeah, that person goes on to become a abuser in the same way. Right. Um, which I think that is that's one response to it. The other response is I've been hurt and I'm never going to um, perpetuate that in the world.
1: Yeah, and that's a really like beautiful thing to realize. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, obviously. Uh, There is still, I I say what I'm going to say very delicately because I don't want to take away from the trauma and impact that any sort of abuse in our abusive relationships or, you know, parent, whether it be parents, partners, whatever, anything, like, is going to say. But I, in religion, like, if, if we're equating a lot of religious, you know, leaders to be abusive, which I would say. They are, you know, in a lot of ways.
0: And not just any particular, not just Christians, not any particular group of Christians. It's just a thing that happens. It can just be that,
1: you know. I think that you then grow up to then be an abuser and, you know, look down upon people or judge Mm -hmm. people based on your religion because you literally just brainwashed yourself. You know, or they, Fuck. or someone they has bra- they brainwashed you.
0: Damn. You know. Yeah.
1: Like, and so yes, you repeat the cycle of abuse, but you don't think it is. All, You really don't think it is.
0: You're you're touching on something I think is really important here. I think, I I'm uh, maybe this is um, ignorant of me, but I think people are good at I, their whole. I'm I very too. much a humanist. Where it's like, people are good. But hurt people hurt people.
1: Oh, I've said that this week probably four times already. You know, and it's only yeah. Wednesday, everybody. Like yeah. it's only Wednesday.
0: And, <laughs> like, and this kind of goes back to the free will thing too. But like um, the people that I mean, we we have to have law as like a preventative thing. Of course. But the people that hurt people are hurt children. Oh that, yeah, that have grown Especially up.
1: Especially when we see so much psychology now that's really talking about what are your childhood core childhood events and traumas, the things that really like shaped you that stuck with you forever. Yeah. Exactly. And it's healing that part of yourself. You know? And it never does. And you think that it does maybe throughout your life. But I think that's then the difference. Do you Mm. go on to keep hurting people even if it's not your intention? Intentions are bullshit. I don't care. You know? But like... Actions. Actions are what matter. And if you... If someone is telling you that you're being an asshole, you don't get to decide whether or not you're the asshole. You know?
0: Damn, that's... A good point
1: so but, like uh, you yeah. are what other people say that you are
0: I think maybe that's something I needed to hear actually <laughs> oh my god you are the
1: sweetest yeah. what are you talking about you are not no, the I, asshole <laughs> I, oh I can be an asshole
0: for sure <laughs> well I guess we all can be
1: but like that's not but that's not the point everyone has bad days but anyways yes like the people that are that don't heal that part of themselves mm. are the ones that are perpetuating this but I think it's like that's why I equated it more to brainwashing I don't want it to come across as like I'm not validating anything that happened to you me oh, no. or anybody else yeah. it's yeah. awful but at the same time like you're right they're just hurt and they don't know yeah they don't even know what's wrong because they don't know what they don't know mm-hmm. you know it's something that you've repressed and kept down years and years and years and years so having that amount of grace to understand that and then so then in the self-awareness that you have to then choose to I'm never going to do this again regardless of what I believe never again will I be part of something and this is why I am d- not a I'm not subscribed to a church right now because I haven't found one that aligns with what I believe. Mm -hmm. It is, I will never do what the churches have done to me.
0: I think you need to start a church. (laughs) I I would go to your church.
1: (laughs) Right? Again, hippie, Christian light. You
2: know, we're we're like, just
1: drinking wine, talking right, about we're just God. Drinking wine, talking about
2: God. Yeah, communing all day, man. <laughs>
1: right. It would be a great idea because also we could still read and then all share. All have this like this Socratic seminar based on like our findings and our readings. You know. Mm-hmm. So like I think that if I could do that, if I could start that church, I will start right now. Bible study at my house. You know, like <laughs> I'm I'm down. But it's yeah. it's not to indoctrinate you. Sure. It's not to make you feel like what you believe or your religion in the past or whatever is wrong, terrible, ungodly, you're going to hell. Because at the end of the day, we don't know. We have no idea. So the fact that we are then going to treat other people differently is, to me, the worst thing that you can possibly do.
0: I have a, a saying that um, I'm dogmatic about anti-dogmatism, whereas <laughs> like um, I'm, I'm, I'm intolerant of intolerance. Yeah, me too. Yeah,
1: I really am. Because that is what... No matter how the church has packaged it to me, no matter what pretty, flowery, fluffy words that they have said of, Oh, you are loved, and you are made in God's image, and blah blah uh, like, they have done some terrible things to me, and I will decide that they are the asshole. And yes, was it God? Was it this, you know, non-personal being that is whatever? No. My qualms are no longer with the higher power. Sure my qualms are with the people that hurt me abs- yeah. and the institutions that hurt me and the doctrine that they stand for and that's why at this moment i cannot like effectively i can call myself you know christian based on what i believe but most christians would not look at me and be like you are a christian
0: mm.
1: if that makes sense
0: yeah. yeah which is well that's very unchristian of them <laughs>
1: You don't know my heart. Only God knows my heart. Uh, you know, like, exactly. Stop it. Um, but yeah. Anyways. Um,
0: Do, um, when was the last time you cried? Sorry to just, dis- Whoa. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. I. It's something to ask everybody. No,
1: it's great. But it is uh, kind of a fastball. Okay. Are you ready for the most white girl answer in the entire world? I'm ready. At Taylor Swift the concert on Saturday.
0: I, did I you did have to week. wait 4 hours?
1: No, that was Sunday. Okay. That was the brainstorm on Sunday. You know that
0: uh,
2: which, I, I, which song was I, it? it? No, it's no, it's, it's, okay. it's the fact that you, you you cried about music. Yeah, I cried about music. It wasn't like when when I woke up this morning and realized life, you know, <laughs> no, or like oh no, 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 no. every day in the bathroom, you know, in the shower and when <laughs> I, I'm getting ready for work. You know? I love
0: of, Taylor Swift's new record. Oh
1: my god. It, it's if so good. you would have asked me uh, 9 months ago when's the last time i cried i would have been it would have been uh 35 seconds before i walked in this building on the phone with my friend bitching about some ex of mine that pissed me off you know like seriously but (laughs) now the last time i cried was and i like it's hard for me to remember and then i'm like oh it was saturday because i was and it wasn't even a a specific song a the whole concept was great Hmm. stan taylor swift forever going into it i wasn't even super like a huge fan i me and my friend actually won tickets So we didn't pay a million bazillion dollars. That's awesome. We won the Capital One contest. What? You know, like (laughs) it was something ridiculous and random where it was probably like one in 25,000 people win this ticket, whatever. So we went and it was so good. And why I cried actually, though, was I was looking at the stadium I was bopping to some songs that, like, like Fearless, I think I cried during Fearless, that was a song, because I just remember it had such a heavy sense of nostalgia, and then also it made me feel empowered. Like, as a woman, as a performer, as a musician in this industry, I went, wow, I can totally do this. And so once I had that feeling, it was like a good cry of, like, there's nothing stopping me. Look at you. Mm. Look at me. This is like what We All Rise Together means. Like, this is, I'm feeling good about myself because you put out ten albums of great work.
0: Yeah. Thank she you. She played, like, a really long set, I heard. Three too. and a half hours. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. I, like, uh, oh man, they I'm not a performer. It was
2: the Sunday night one had the delay, but they said what did she end into, like, one, more, yeah. Like oh, so, shit.
1: 45 in the morning. She started were, 10. There were, there that's were
2: a were performer. Kids, there were kids missing school Monday because their parents were just like, don't worry about it. Fuck it. it. Fuck whatever, it. Right, right
1: exactly. So, but no, it was an amazing show and that's why I cried.
2: That's a good answer.
1: Thank you. Uh, I, I
0: think like um, you were talking about like uh, like relationship stuff. That's not a bad answer, but sometimes like f- a, a song or like a movie is almost like a more mature answer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly.
1: No, yeah. but I'm saying even just my growth in the past year of my life, b- being you know another year out of the house, another year paying my own bills, another year going through the the early twenties. Mm relationships and friendships and things and growing pains and changes i i look back and if that's my answer oh i'm doing so well you know like i'm great i've really got it made and i've got a lot to be thankful for so i am i'm very happy with um honestly like i come to you in peace today as a like very happy budding pop star
0: you you give off that energy (laughs) thank
2: you good
0: Alice Vices is out now. Um, also, check out Reconciling Religious Trauma. It's actually it's really fucking good. Um, it 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 discusses some similar topics to what we've been discussing today.
1: Yes. Also, I if you want, we should. You, we're we we're should... gonna
0: listen to it right now. Oh Alice. really? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, you you, you too. You so as choose. soon as this is over.
1: Exactly. Alice, um, uh, you're link, not getting link
0: that Link link down here's. Yeah. Uh, and um, June twenty third. You got to show at the basement. Absolutely, um, but the OG basement.
1: OG basement, not basement. What'd you call it? Basement least. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, we got um. W- what was it? we got music shitty. Well, we got least side.
1: <laughs> wait. Okay. So music. I, music I, shitty.
2: Did, did, this oh, is this, this. Well, this is the thing that I've, I've <laughs> decided to officially do, and I'm officially doing this because I can't. This is not a joke. He's really doing this. New Nashville. In you, Nashville, is what has become of my beloved Music City. He's making a map where... (laughs) Oh my gosh, I love it. Instead of letting new Nashville kill Music City, I've moved her to South Nashville. So, we've decided now we are going to separate into three areas. Mm. We have new Nashville. When you pass Chestnut Street to the south, you are now returning back into Music City. And you I better at, watch your ass chest out or we'll bump it down. Oh Yeah. And if when you cross the river, it's not until you hit 5th Street, then you're in least Nashville.
1: <laughs> I love it. No, you're totally right. Because honestly, so when I, I've now, I'm almost at my two year. I'm like three weeks away from my two year in Nashville.
0: Congratulations. Thank you.
1: Thank you. I didn't go crazy yet. Um, <laughs> but I, my the first year, I rented an apartment in uh, Franklin And I fucking love Franklin. Yeah. They are totally, like, and this might sound crazy because I'm totally this, like, hip-hop girl... And they're like not about all of it sometimes. <laughs> sometimes some are cool, but they are so interested in you and what you're doing and promoting you and actually being mm. your fan. you in mu- like in music. It's not this industry heavy, super fake, weird thing that we've got going down yeah. in New Nashville, like you're saying. You pass that South Line, I'm with you. They hate you got Nashville. It. You,
0: you know, like they hate all it's of become. all of this is said with love, but it's also true. Oh, we
1: love you so much. I, and, but honestly. <laughs> I love living here. Yeah, me I've, too. I really have no
0: qualms I went there. to New York this past week, and I'm like, like man, said, I stressful. fucking miss Nashville so much. <laughs> I missed, like, three shows I really wanted to go to.
1: And Chicago is too cold and too dangerous, so <laughs> I will not be returning. You know,
2: like, we, we, we are absolutely glad to have you down here. Yes.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. No, uh, let me know what you think. I feel like we all just became very close friends. Uh, I feel yeah. like, you know, like, I'm happy now that I... Can add two more people to the list of people I enjoy. You know, well, like, I will, it means so much to me.
0: I will definitely be at your show on the twenty third. Oh um, heck it's, yeah! It's uh, for good reasons, good cause. Yeah, uh, it is.
1: Also, like we haven't totally announced every. We haven't fully announced the show yet, but like I really would like to. So, if anybody has even suggestions of any sort or whatever, we've got a couple leads on it, but we really would like to do a, a portion of merch sales or ticket sales to mm. like. A drag queen fund, a, you know, sexual assault center, mm. a, you know, gay youth, trans youth, you know, like charity, something like that. So we really want to make sure that the event is also monetarily, you know, giving back to the yeah, community. Um,
0: I have a lot of friends in the trans community, so I will definitely... Um like, see yeah. see what's going on.
1: Uh, we want to make sure that all suggestions are taken and we kind of, if, if people are interested in, you know, accepting donations, we want to give them. So, you know, like, but we want to make sure that all the charities are, like, good and, you know, funds are used well and appropriately and stuff like that, too. So, anyways, yeah, I'm really excited for you to yes. come. It's all going to be for good good purposes
0: hopefully thank you so much again for being here thank this has been a great time me. we could literally do i know like you and i could do this for hours and literally. we'll have to do it again sometime no for let's sure.
1: once you yeah once we have a couple shows you know yeah. maybe we can hang we'll out give it outside some time, of this but yeah, yeah we could come up with like a good
0: theme for a part two for sure yeah absolutely thank you again so much for being here check out areas rising vices is out now link below bye